think it was three weeks ago, I shared a message with you called Training for Reigning. And it's based on this scripture, really, because I think this concept will help get us out of lockdown uh, uh, weariness and a sense of the loss of our narrative. If you remember last time I said, all of us, psychologists would say that we live our lives with some kind of a, a narrative. You know, there's too much information in the world for all of us to be genuinely taking it all in. You simply can't. So how we live is we, we construct a narrative and we just note and notice certain things and we live a life in a storyline. And for Christians, we live this storyline with God and we're living God's storyline in our lives. COVID has come along, lockdown happened in March, all kinds of other things since. And essentially there's been this massive interruption to our storyline. So some have been, we've all been shocked, some have been grieving. Probably most of us on some level have been grieving. Mental illness is on the rise. And I think one of the things that we need to do is to get our storyline back. We need to press forward into what God made us to do and to begin to walk it out. And I read this scripture, Genesis 1, 26 to 28, and it says this, because here's God's original design for you. When God was making man, he said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. Why? Here's the reason why God made mankind. So that they may rule. And that's the center of my, of my talk really today and a few weeks ago. Rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals, all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image, made him a ruler just like himself. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth, listen to this phrase, and subdue it. Mankind was made to subdue the earth and to rule. And I began to kind of tear that thought open a little bit that God doesn't want us to be harsh authoritarians. That's not what it means by that, but to take responsibility for the earth, take responsibility for the animals. I mean, what was there on the earth at that time? There was only animals and plants pretty much. And he said, just take responsibility for it all. Fill the earth with your good rulership and subdue it with kindness. Take responsibility, nurture it, support it, bring it to its fullness. That's why mankind was put on the earth. So let me give you one of the key things that you were made to carry. It's the word responsibility. We were made, we were given responsibility for the earth to bring God's goodness to the planet and have it work in order and in kindness and in love, justice and truth. And so we're supposed to have responsibility. The danger of a time like this, you know, millions of people get furloughed, millions get locked down, all kinds of things going on around the world is you can start to feel out of control. We can hand responsibility for our lives and our storylines, as it were, back to the government or even worse, feel like it's been taken from us by the government or employers or rules. But here's the thing, your responsibility, your rulership, your, your, your sovereign right to be a man or a woman of God on the earth and to fulfill your destiny has not been taken away and you need to take it back. We need to realize we are training for reigning. Um, I, I brought this phrase. Think of this. Intimacy, identity, destiny and responsibility cannot be separated for the Christian. Some people think, well, I'll be intimate with God, but I don't want any responsibility. 
that is deception. There is just no way that you can walk with God and not have him lead you into rulership and into responsibility and into nurturing something and developing something because it's who he is and it's who he's made you to be. So we were made to pick up responsibility, to put our hand to the plow, as Jesus put it, and to march forward with some purpose. And so being intimate with God, but also knowing our identity and who we are as his child. And then being intimate, having identity, but then that turning into responsibility and destiny cannot be moved away from. We need to pick up responsibility. Okay, so here was my question that some of the things God put to me during lockdown is this. So Jared, are you ruling where you should? Are you, or are you abdicating your throne? Are you doing everything that you should do? Um, are you ruling? We begin by ruling over ourselves, our minds, our anxieties, the fridge, okay? Our diets, our exercise, our bodies. Then we do it by ruling over our homes, our mortgages. How tidy is the place? If you're a teenager at home, start to rule over that bedroom. Don't let that unmade bed rule over you, okay? You want to change the world, but haven't learned to change your underwear? Well, you're not ready to rule yet, okay? Learn to rule over yourself and your home and things in order and then because this is how the kingdom expands God will give you rulership over things in the earth it might be church things or ministry things although I kind of think everything's ministry kingdom things justice things career things business things governmental things political things even God will give you influence if you learn to rule well and here's the thing when you carry your rulership and your responsibility and you have a sense of purpose catch this that is how human beings are wired to overcome the grief and the pain of life. It is purpose that makes you stronger than the pain you face. Your purpose has to be greater than your pain, otherwise you live a life in retreat. And ultimately then you live a life in depression, in anxiety, lost to the things that could have been yours. Or we live a life perhaps in fear, when really we're made to pick up and walk with God, okay? So responsibility literally changes how pain feels. All right, okay, so I said there were three reasons why we abdicate our throne of responsibility. Number one, I don't wanna be judged. I don't wanna put myself out there. I don't want people to judge me. So I don't pick up my responsibility and write that song or sing that song or start that business or be outspoken about an issue of justice. No, we were designed to put ourselves out there, whether we're gonna be judged or not, we need to step forward in the things that God gives us to do. Number two, the reason why people abdicate is they only wanna do nice stuff. They think that there's some life out there that's just all fun and riches flow and happiness is a plenty. No, 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 every single one of us have to learn that responsibility comes with good days and bad days, fun stuff and difficult stuff. If you wanna eat the nice meal, you gotta to learn to wash the dishes, right? That's real life. Somebody shout amen in the comments. And then number three, the reason why we often abdicate is we've got a poor theology of life. We kind of think, oh, I can't wait to get to heaven, be lazy and sit on some cloud and play a harp when actually, you know what? You'll have to go back and listen to the talk if you want to find out more about this. I'll just say it. You were designed to work forever, to rule forever, to carry responsibility forever. And actually, you should be lining up your life now for your eternal responsibility for millennia to come. 
not just on a cloud in some new heaven, but on a new earth where there will be work to do. So stop thinking that heaven is a retirement plan. No, you were designed to be responsible and to reign in life. Okay, so we need to pick up our responsibility. Today, I want to talk a little bit more about that rulership just for 10 minutes before we go into communion. God has made us to be rulers and he's in an ideal world. He's given every one of us a sphere of influence that we should occupy and carry forward some area, some group, some space to subdue with God's goodness and make it better. But have you noticed that the Bible is full of the stories of not just good rulers, but also broken rulers, messed up rulers, cruel rulers, people that follow God and people that don't, people that start out following God but end up not, people that start in humility but end up in pride and things like that. Today I want to talk about not just the fact that we need to pick up our responsibility because it's going to give us meaning to outlast any pandemic and to step into all that God's got for us. I want to share another part. Here's also what God is doing. He wants us to learn to become good rulers, capable rulers, mature rulers, emotionally healthy rulers. And that's really important. It's not just, hey, I've got influence, but who are you when you've got that influence? Are you kind? Are you, as I've used the phrase, subduing the world with cruelty or insecurity or your need for approval? Or are you subduing the world with goodness and kindness and nurturing? It's not just that we have authority. What kind of authority do we have? I want to talk about that for a little minute because that's one of the things that God is doing inside of us. Listen to Proverbs 16:32. It says this, better a patient person than a warrior. One with self-control is more important than one who takes a city. Wow. It's almost saying what I was sharing last time, which, listen, learn to reign over you before you try and reign over a city. The Passion Version puts it like this. Do you want to be a mighty warrior? It's better to be known as one who is patient and slow to anger. Do you want to conquer a city? Rule over your temper before you attempt to rule a city. Wow. In other words, before I try and change the world about, let's just pause for a minute and analyze. So who am I? Have I really got it together? I might have a call from God. I might be called to rule and reign, but am I growing in who I need to become and all that God has? Let's be honest for a minute. I'm reading a book on, on emotionally healthy spirituality. How's that for a title? Now, some people think, well, if you're spiritual, you must be emotionally healthy. And you know what? As I've read this book, and I'm going to do a course on this soon, started next month. I'll tell you about it later. Um, it's amazing the amount of people that are Christians but are emotionally very unhealthy. Just because we're a Christian, maybe even been a Christian 30 years, doesn't mean that we're not. Let's be honest for a minute. Um, full of insecurities, full of fears. We talk a lot about peace and joy, don't we? Rah, rah, Jesus has given us the victory, we're new creations. But I know so many Christians that really are faking their joy and faking their inner peace or wishing it was true or listening to the sermon about joy going, it sounds fantastic and they try it for half a day, then fail. I know lots of really messed up Christians. In fact, should we be really embarrassing to ourselves and admit that many of us know non-Christians that are happier, more well put together, more civil, more socially skilled than some Christians that we know? 
In other words, being born again won't make you a good ruler automatically. It just gives you an inheritance and a sense of responsibility. But listen, I've found that God will not open up your layers and zones of responsibility until he's dealt with who you really are, because he still wants to make us like Jesus, not in some restrictive way. He wants us to release, he wants to release us into the joy of Jesus. Come on, does anybody need that, right? But if we can only be joyful in a church service, and even then it's hard sometimes, right? If we can only be joyful in a church service, something is really not hitting into the roots of our personality and character. If we only have peace in short little segments, if we don't really have peace in life that goes right down to our boots, that God loves us, then something really is missing. Some Christians are too insecure to hear the truth. Come on, you've had interactions where you think, I, 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 I really need to be able, be able to tell this person this truth, but they are too delicate to receive it. Some Christians that have been Christians 20, 30 years, but still too delicate to hear the truth that you're just a bit too insecure to take God saying the truth. So they can only handle love, not truth. Listen, you are never going to get to maturity until you can hear truth in the context of love and it makes you a good ruler. We need to deal with the fears inside. Too many Christians, when they're doing well, are kind of harsh on others because now they feel a bit superior, but on their bad days, they're crushed and insecure. Why? Because even though we've got all this wonderful calling and inheritance, something is still deeply broken on the inside. The new creation is a promise that hasn't landed in the reality of their thoughts and feelings and their soul. Too many Christians ignore their feelings of grief and pain and sorrow. Too many Christians run from feelings like anger, thinking I'm not supposed to have them. Well, Jesus got angry plenty of times. We need to learn how to be healthy, emotional people, how to be strong in the kind things that God made us to be. Too many Christians, fearful, addicted, harsh. Isn't it funny? I mean, we should be the people of love, but really the reputation of the church is that we're quite grumpy and judgmental. When Jesus was anointed with joy above all of his companions, that's who he was. Too many Christians still envious years on, can't truly celebrate the victories of others, smile about the failures of others. We've still got that superiority, inferiority thing going on. Why? Because we're emotionally unhealthy. This autumn, I want to do a little course. Uh, I've been reading this wonderful book and there's some great videos that go with it. And I'm going to do a Zoom course and we're going to go in for six weeks into emotionally healthy spirituality. I don't know about you, I, I don't want to fake the joy, I want it to go deep. I, I, I don't want to surface Christianity that sings the songs and rah, rah, rahs the victory words, but knows that deep down, Monday night, I'm still crushed, deeply insecure, sad, grieving and don't know what to do with those emotions, passive aggressive, don't know how to talk to people truthfully and really let them know my feelings. So many Christians bottle things up and instead put themselves in a mold called Christian and just try to behave. But you know what? When you start to rule and God gives you rulership over a thing, all that unhealthiness leaks. 
insecure decisions, self-obsessed people, selfish ambition, fears, insecurities, they run rife, don't they? Come on, let's be honest, right? God, help us to deal with the things that go on deep inside. Because if the gospel doesn't get, in, get down into the roots of who we are, what is it really? What kind of fakery would this life be? So many Christians are wonderful, wonderful people. They love Jesus dearly, but their people skills are so poor, they repel themselves from every opportunity to rule and to transform other lives. But if we could grow into well-rounded, kind, honest, deeply loving people. Wow, wouldn't that be awesome? I pray this autumn, as we go through some stuff together and as we learn and grow together in this course, that we would really allow the peace and joy of God to get deep into our souls and build security right at a foundational level. I had more to say, but hey, as usual, I've talked too long. So we're going we're gonna to jump uh, to communion. Is that all right? But Hey, in the context of everything I say, who really needs communion now, right? We really need it, don't we? You know, I've noticed in life, there's, there's several ways that we change and we go from being wonderfully born again, but still full of brokenness and little difficulties. You know, we, we say we're a new creation. I heard this phrase this week. We pretend that our families don't really affect our lives and how we behave. But one person put it this way, you know, Jesus might be in your heart, but grandpa's in your bones. <laughs> right. You might say you're a new creation, but we take all kinds of attitudes from generations before us into our marriages, into our worldviews, into our fears, our attitude to money, our attitude to intimacy, our attitude to, attitude to genders in marriage, all kinds of things we carry forward. God, deal with it. Deal with the stuff that goes on deep inside of, let's be honest now, every single one of us. And I some days feel no further down the road as a pastor than anyone else on this journey. But here's what I know. The gospel works for real people and real lives. We're not supposed to be faking this stuff. We're supposed to be real. God, you're still making me a good ruler and I've got a ways to go. Three ways I often find God transforms us. Here's a little, little, little metaphor for a couple of them. You know that there are stories of people that had tattoos of their past. Let's say, you know, <laughs> women's names on their arms that they no longer love or are married to and things like that. And then they get saved or they got pictures on that aren't really very Christian. And these, these, these men, because that's the context of the stories I've heard, deeply embarrassed of this kind of past. And have you heard the miracle stories of the day they get baptized, full immersion in water, they go down under the water, then they come up and all their tattoos have gone. Do you know that there are stories of miracles like that? And sometimes in life, that's what God does. He just pulls stuff out of our lives miraculously and we're better. But you know, I've got loads of friends that have also had, and I think it's a bit easier this day, these days, but if you go back 20, 30 years, to remove or cover a tattoo was a major thing. I've got friends who have taken major surgery to cover the tattoos of their past and had them removed. You know, God changes us two ways, by miracles of baptism, where it's just lifted off us. But let's be real for a minute, lots of things, sometimes most things, are done by the surgery of discipleship and growing in God. We need to keep going at the surgery of discipleship. Say, God, I want to be whole. I want to be complete. 
I want to be a good ruler. I don't want opportunity if it means I'm going to be harsh or cruel. 